thanks for joining us on Whatever Wednesday. We're just continuing on with our discussion about Two Kingdoms. So if you haven't um, uh, been part of this, you might just want to go back a few episodes and just dial in. Uh, we started this on Monday. Uh, we're going on Tuesday, Wednesday. So today uh, we'll round it up. But uh, yeah, do check out those previous episodes if you are interested in, in uh, seeing what we're talking about from the beginning. But hopefully this is enough to just piece it together for you as well. Uh, just really thinking about Lutheranism and Two Kingdoms and how that compares with Meredith Klein and just just uh, nothing major in terms of structure, just talking it through. So anyways, let's roll the tape and uh, we'll get this done. time keeping my thoughts um what was in that pipe chris <laughs> it was just dunhill's dunhill's nightcap that's all it okay. was um <laughs> thank you for insinuating that though <laughs> just checking um, just checking <laughs> anyway um so hey we're thinking about that roman government thing and we, what we would say about that i mean what you've just described in terms of the roman government there i mean that's like totally in keeping with what um, a Kleinian view w- would see. I mean, that's like you can imagine something similar with Cain, right? The city of Cain. Um, you know, my goodness, uh, it's not going to look like it's not going to be punishing any blasphemy. The guy himself has just murdered his brother, and um, you know, and has really turned away from the Lord. I mean, you're not going to see anything necessarily helping the Sethite community at that point, um, and you know, no, no different for anything around like Egypt and. I don't know, you know, uh, Daniel and Babylon and, you know, it's just, I mean, come on. They're not going to be helping any Christian or pre-Christian body, you know. Uh, they're going to be just keeping basic law and order. And that's even going to look very different and be liable to abuse at several, several points. Um, but the basic sure. infrastructure is there. I mean, otherwise, because what we're saying and what Paul was probably saying there is, is that without that, without those, that, those Roman magistrate officials... You just have complete, you know, chaos um, and and endless blood feuds and mm-hmm. whatnot. You just we all gobble ourselves up alive, pretty much. And yeah. and so that's the context for for law and order, uh, and the common grace idea. Not not that we get so sophisticated that eventually you know you got a you got a um, you know government that's sort of uh, really kind of helping the church out and exercising its discipline for it. You know, it's just it's just inconceivable. Yeah, exactly. I remember what yeah, I was going to say, no if worries. you don't mind. Uh, we're ha- we're having this discussion not because of what the Lutheran confessions say. Mm. Uh, as far as I understand, the Book of Concord is almost silent on this, uh, other than to say, and this is interesting, almost identical to what the um, London Baptist Confessions, you know, 1689 yeah. says about the right, civil magistrate. Right. Um, we're talking about this because Luther wrote about the two kingdoms, mm. And so, mm. you know, it's it's considered part of his theological yeah. system, but the the confessions don't require mm. um, don't require that. Um, only the uh, I'm putting air quotes mm. up here. Truly reformed. Here, I'm looking at you, R. Scott <laughs> Clark. Um, the truly reformed confessions, like the Westminster Confession of Faith and the Belgic Confession and mm-hmm. things like that, that um, simply would have uh, driven a Tertullian immediately to despair. Right. Yeah. So now tell me about Scott Clark, because basically, I mean, my impression of him is that he was, um, he's fully down with the two kingdom thing. 
um, the Reform Two Kingdom thing. I mean, he's just totally on the same page. Mm-hmm. So, what is um, it's what is what would he say about that? Because it seems like he's sort of, you know, is that the problem? Is he sort of being inconsistent in his own um, approach to church history? That's my yeah. assessment. Is that yeah? And I said that because of what he wrote in Recovering the Reformed Confession. Yes. That basically. Um, what the Westminster Confession and the Belgic Confession said in the 16th and 17th centuries defines what it means to be reformed. Ah, interesting. Um, yeah, and so, so and so, do you know? I mean, like, if you had to push him on that, it sounds like he would almost have to. Yeah, he'd have to go theonomist. Is is what you're saying in order to stay consistent with that? And that's exactly not where he's gone. In order to stay consistent, yeah. exactly, he would have to go um, full theocrat in order to stay consistent. Mm. And so this is where he gets squishy and, and inconsistent when he, well, the church can receive the confession in a way that doesn't require them to believe that. Yes. Okay. And, right. Got it. Um, interesting. <laughs> that's just completely problematic. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Cause um, you know, and he's interestingly also one of the guys, and this is again, like I haven't read a lot of, a lot of his stuff. Uh, so, you know, I'm just sort of taking a stab in the dark here in some ways. Um, but, but whenever I've, I've read anything historical, um, trying to show reform, you know, I'm thinking now Two Kingdom, Escondido style Two Kingdom stuff. Uh, whenever whenever anyone wants to show anything of a um, reformed heritage here, I mean, Scott Clark is the guy that's always saying, hey, this is the proper representation of reformed thinking. Uh, the Escondido, you know, like the Contra Frame thing. He, you know, Frame's coming along and saying, no, no, no. Um, now, I actually agree with Frame, and it sounds like you're, you're in agreement with Frame as well, that the, the Reformed heritage, so to speak, is really more properly represented by Westminster Philadelphia. Um, and are you, am, I, am I right in saying that? Yes, I don't like saying it, but yes, it's right, true. Totally. So it's just like kind of, um, you know, I, that's not, it's not to say that the Westminster, um, the Escondido stuff is less, I like it better. It's more biblical, I feel. But it's just that, you know, it's, it's probably right. There, everyone who's in the reform camp crit- critiquing Escondido, I think is probably right. And and, and what, I'm, what, what I'm hearing Scott Clark say is, no, no, you're wrong. We are, Escondido is the proper representation of this. It's not Lutheran, it's reformed. Is that right? Uh, well, that's, that's what, what he's claiming. claiming right? But so I, I agree with you. I think Westminster West understands the Bible mm-hmm. better. And I think Westminster East um, is faithful to the tradition. Well, uh, <laughs> even with what's going on with, um, you know, I don't know if you've heard, but charges are being brought against uh, Scott Oliphant oh, yeah. for his doctrine yeah. of God. And, you know, you had Peter Enns, which they should have had a head, heads up mm, about, mm, you know, mm. before even hiring him because of what he had written. Right. But um, mm. Anyway, so maybe I'm not comfortable saying that Westminster East understands the tradition better. Yeah. But so the, what the tradition says and what the Bible says are not identical. And I know that would just drive our Scott Clark yeah. crazy, but it's it's mm, a fact. Interesting. Okay, good. So, yeah, it's almost a bit of schizophrenia there in terms of his, um, his uh, wanting to keep the confessions as the true Reformed sort of identity, which actually send you in a very different direction to Reformed Escondido Escondido theology. So interesting. Okay, it's all just uh, pretty mind-numbingly complicated at the end of the day. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, like, I suppose where it comes, being Meredith Monday and all, um, and just finding sanity, you know, (laughs) finding sanity in in all of the Reformed (laughs) craziness. Um, I mean, here's what I think maybe should be said, and I, I don't know, I've, I feel like this point 
works in so many different ways and has so many, so much bearing on so many different things. But it's almost like the whole reformed thing, like the very word itself can be understood in a very clo- uh, narrow technical sense if you map it out according to the certain confessions. Um, but, I mean, if you just think about the movement of the Reformation and if you think about, you know, and I'm including Luther into that, you know, that's that's Luther as well. Um you mm-hmm. have a very, very, I mean, it's it's all basically Protestants, all moving in a, in a similar sort of thrust. Um, you obviously have many, I mean, all the way through to Zwingli and all the various uh, different um, uh, lines of thought that were taken. Uh, you know, the reality is I remember reading through uh, Peter Golding's book on covenant theology, which is really, really good. Uh, uh, you know, one of my favorite books. Um, it just, he, what he did was he said, okay, let's start in the beginning. Let's start right over here and let's just... Let's just think about covenant theology alone, not the other stuff, just covenant theology. And, you know, and then you even just narrow it into like the Dutch tradition or, you know, just just get really drop in the ocean. You know, let's 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 go to this one group and you see a whole range of different versions of that way of thinking in that small little drop. And and so, you know, I think it's fair to say that two kingdoms are probably it's a similar idea. I mean, it's deeply related to the covenant theology thing. And um, and mm-hmm. so you're probably going to have not just a Reformed doctrine of covenant theology or a Lutheran. I know, for example, the Lutheran guys, um, they're in a lot of debate about what Luther said about two kingdoms. So it's not even like they have a single Lutheran doctrine of, uh, doctrine of two kingdoms. Um, the Calvinists are the same. The Reformed guys are the same. I mean, you would probably have variant shades of it, even within Kleinian thinking, you know. Um, and so, it just for me, when 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 I say that, or or just it helps me again, just take a breather and go. You know what? I, that trying to find who you are in that kind of thing is just it seems like a fruitless mission. Rather, just try and try and <laughs> try and find you know what what it is that you think the Bible is actually saying. And, um, you know, just just map it out as carefully as you can. And whoever helps you to do that or helps you to see what, what the Bible is saying, you know, stick with that um, and, and let the chips fall where they may. Amen. If you end up, you know, uh, a Lutheran Baptist, <laughs> as, <laughs> as my brother's, my brother's starting to feel like a Lutheran Baptist these days. So, uh, you know, I'm like, you know what? Lutheran Baptist it is. Or I'm, I'm more like a Baptisterian, but that's fine. You know, whatever. Um, at, at the end of the day, you know, th- that's a better approach rather than trying to, you know. So I think with, with it comes to the when it comes to the two, two doctrines thing and Lutheran theology, you know, rather than like drive yourself crazy trying to figure it out as in like what what is the thing, how what is its connection um, to Meredith Klein's thinking and uh, and onwards from that point, I think a better thing would be to just simply acknowledge that there is a, I mean, you know, for example, just thinking about Luther, we didn't talk about this earlier, but just the very, as far as I'm aware, um, the idea that you could in fact have a, common realm at all a left-hand kingdom as it were and that that is ordained mm-hmm. by god you know it, it's a legitimate kind of non-holy expression of things i mean that itself was i mean that idea right there is really the fundamental thing that klein is saying with the common uh, grace realm it's it's a thing it's an actual legitimate thing ordained by god under god although it's not necessarily yes. even if he wants to separate it with law and gospel it's not the gospel um you know amen and that's fine. And and so, Amen. you know, that's really the connection right there. It is represented in history. It, you know, and Augustine before that. And um, I'm sure, I'm sure, I mean, I don't know. Is there anyone between Augustine and Luther? 
that nailed nailed any kind of Two Kingdom thing that you're aware of? Did we just go dark? Um, <laughs> it just went dark from from Augustine to Luther. I think I heard that Aquinas did some with this, but that it's not nearly as helpful as what Augustine they would did. Have that, Aquinas would have that nature and grace thing going on with with um, right. Catholic. Oh man, that is another humdinger of a confusing thing going on but yeah it's interesting and maybe that's the reason for it right you've got the because of the constantinian um you know massive i mean basically it's your only paradigm to work with at that point it probably would have you know, people mm-hmm. wouldn't have actually had any concern about any common grace realm it just wasn't a thing um i suppose right oh i suppose they still had like the world beyond the rome or roman catholic church i mean i wonder how they would have processed that you just that's just in the outer yeah. limits kind of thing. I don't know what that would be. Weird. Beyond the pale. Um, Maybe it just would have been like Amalekites in Israel, you know? Just go go get them. Go get Maybe. them, Tiger. <laughs> 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 um, so anyways, bottom line is, yeah, Luther, it makes sense that he would start thinking about this in, the, in light of this, you know, again, almost like an end of theocracy kind of period um, and, and trying, to, trying to figure out what to do with the messiness of the Reformation in that regard. Um, and yeah, so no one's no one's necessarily asking for a perfect representation of er- everyone else before that. It's just going, hey, look at that. There it is. There's the basic uh, means of thinking. It's in Paul, you know, very clearly. If you want anything before that, with the things we were just mentioning with the magistrate, and then um, and then Klein comes along. And he's like, well, let's bring a covenantal spin to this. And you know, that's 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 really as complicated as it needs to be. You know, um, uh, if if all you're concerned with is is what the Bible is saying. So yeah, anything else we want to add about the Lutheran thought? Well, maybe I don't know. We'll, we'll. Uh, what I might do is try and, um, you know, how well do you know Jordan? Uh, I actually interviewed him on the Glory Cloud podcast. So yeah, I remember that totally. How did you get to know him? Um, I, I think just through Facebook. Ah, oh, cool. Yeah, totally. Well, you know, hey, throw out a little word and say, hey, Jordan, if you're keen, let's do this thing. Okay. Um, and uh, maybe he comes on. Maybe he can shed some light on it. Be super interesting. What's cool about him is he would definitely, he would have stuff to say. Yes. You know, in terms of <laughs> if you put your foot out of step, you know, he'd, he'd come at you. Well, you get, get that feeling. We would learn something. Yeah, we would definitely learn something. But yeah, that's good for now. Hopefully that just gets, if you had no idea what was going on with Lutheran uh, Two Kingdom stuff, now you have even less of an idea. <laughs> <laughs> could, I, could I maybe make a r- remark that might... Um, Help listeners as we wrap up here. Yeah, did cool. So you know, uh, I was thinking as we were talking about an analogy that Klein made in class about a shoemaker and how when a ah. Christian shoemaker makes mm. shoes and puts them on the shelf next to shoes that were made by a non-Christian, you can't tell the difference, right? Mm. And so mm. part of his point there is that we should just make the best. If you, if you're called to be a shoemaker, make the best shoes that you can for God's glory, and mm-hmm. um. That is how you um, serve God and neighbor, basically. Mm, um, mm, mm, mm. And I realized recently that Meredith probably got that from Luther, because Luther uses the yeah, shoemaker yeah. analogy. Um, totally. And others as well. And so, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're like me, where you are not in um, either ordained ministry or um, an elder in a church or something like that, you still have a vocation that God has given you. Um, it could be um, father, could be mother, it could be shoemaker. Um, 
it could be all kinds of things. And the point is, and this is what I appreciate, that I think Klein and Luther agree on this, that we're not trying to make those things explicitly Christian as if we could somehow. Mm, mm. Um, we're, yeah. we're just doing the best that we can to serve God and neighbor in doing what God has given us in this life to do. Yeah, I think that's so important. That that uh, Michael Horton, Where in the World is the Church? He really nailed that point, and uh, it was a game changer for me on that. Um, you know, that's what I got confused when I was listening to Jordan, though, because he was saying, he was even using, he was talking about uh, creating, did you hear that part where he was talking about, like, there is a place for making Christian music, and, you know, he, he almost like he wanted that Christian shoe category. Did you hear that part? Yeah, um, and I think of even Johann Sebastian Bach, and I've heard people say that you really have to understand um, his theism in order to understand his music. Um, but, <laughs> wow. um, I don't know. I, I still think yeah. that, um, you can't look at a plumbing job, you know, fixing the pipes on someone's house and know by yeah. looking at those pipes, oh, that, that was a Christian that did Christian that. Christian pipes. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. Well, and often, you know, you want, you don't necessarily want the Christian plumber. You want the best plumber, you know, <laughs> and, and, and the, and the best plumber is going to give the most glory to God, whether they like it or not, yeah. by, you know, doing good work. Amen. And, you know, and you have, you know, people, and I love that whole, make a good shoe, sell it at a fair price. That's how you, you know, honor that vocation as it were. Um, and I just found it really, you know, interesting that, you know, I, yeah, I always thought that came directly from Luther and that was like a big Lutheran thing, but it almost seemed like that was something that he was not accepting as part of uh, the Lutheran tr tradition. So I was kind of interested to know more there, hmm. but Hey, we can talk some more about that uh, with him down the line. Um, but anyways, yeah, hopefully uh, that's just enough for you guys to think about. Thanks for ending us off with that word as well, Chris. That's, that's, that's the bottom line here. Um, that is, that is how the stuff really liberates you. Um, as you as you sort of think through it. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. Mm -hmm.